this is the right guys podcast when you need guys that are right about everything and on the right you need the right guys podcast and now your host max mcguire and josh welcome back to another edition of the right guys podcast my name is max mcguire I'm Josh Hammerling. You know who I am. Max, you look good, man. You look different today. What's going on? Look at this. I've been sick. I lost 10 pounds from being sick. My so this... son, okay. had his first week of kindergarten, and oh. like an absolute rookie. I mean, it is a rookie. He's in kindergarten. It's not like I've done this for years and years and years. I, I didn't really overdose on the vitamin C, so I got every disease of the summer just hit me at once. <laughs> One shot. So... So I've been sick for a week, and I, I went. I hopped on the scale. And I was ten pounds lighter. I was like, "Holy crap! I need to get sick more often." <laughs> right, I was gonna say this is like the next weight loss, <laughs> like diet, yeah, called COVID. I'm also, just making a comeback. I'm also rocking a, a really uh, sweet setup, which um, yeah, which has a really good camera. So that is uh, well, that's, that's what I was talking up. about because like I was like, man, your picture looks good. I can I can I can see that's vodka yeah. instead of just water. So. <laughs> Happy week. Yeah, Happy well, week. <clears throat> we missed last week because I was sick. Um, yeah. Still sick, but I'm going to try and push through it. So if I have to mute myself to cough, um, forgive me. Oh, I'll try and hit that mute button before that happens. Uh, but a lot's happened in the last week. Um, we have more stuff coming after Trump. And just what happened yesterday. I mean, we, we're talking about oh. what we want to cover. And it's really tough when we do a weekly show because so much happens in between. But... I think it's really impossible to ignore what happened yesterday with Mitch McConnell, where again, he just had a complete, um, a complete brain fart, whatever you want to call it. Like a, a blue screen of death. Just, yeah, he just, it, I'm not a doctor, but it looked, it looked to me like he was having one of those mini strokes. Um, yeah. Why don't we just play it and then we'll talk about it and talk about what it means just, uh, just for the country as a whole. Here's Mitch McConnell. The election in 2026. Did you hear the question, uh, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Uh, All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Penny. Somebody else have a question? Please speak up. So, huh? Um, you want to start, or should I? I, I, I I'm going to walk into this one for a second and say, if I, I saw a second angle of this in another yeah. uh, on another show, and he was losing his balance, so the lady came in to hold him up, and he's just stuck. I mean, he's fixated. He's he's not looking at something. He's He's kind of going through that reboot and he's stuck in it, right? And I'm not a doctor. I don't know if this is one of those uh, like ATIs, what they call them, ischemic transient something. Yeah, like a mini stroke kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, or a, uh, like a seizure, right? Because if you've known anybody with seizures, they kind of go into those moments. So yeah. whatever's going on, it's not, it's not normal. I mean, I don't want to use the word normal, but it's outside of normal health running. I mean, it's the best way I can say it, right? It's not it is normal and, and what's really what's really disturbing is um how we we know for the past couple months this has been going on has this been going on before i mean I, I look at this it's very obvious he is not in anywhere near the help it would take to represent his constituents and i mean i i, I wrote for conservative daily for almost a decade i i i don't know if anyone was as hard on mitch mcconnell as i was um, pressuring him to be more conservative, pressuring him not to cave to liberals. Um, and so there is no one more than me who would like to see him out of politics, but you, you never want to see someone leave politics like this. Mm -hmm. um, and you never want to see someone stay in politics to the point where they reach this stage because he's not alone. We have clips of Fetterman. We have clips of Diane Feinstein that we'll show a little later. Um, this is becoming a trend. And the really scary part of this 
is he's still voting, mm -hmm. right? He is still acting as minority leader in the Senate. He's still helping decide who is on committees, right? So it's very clear he isn't up for the job. So who is doing this? Who is the one actually fulfilling these duties? Um, you look at Fetterman. Fetterman was in the hospital for suicidal tendencies. I mean, surprise, surprise, he came out with plastic surgery, so I don't know how that worked. But um, he's in the hospital for wanting to kill himself. And he, he authored legislation while he was on suicide watch. Like, does anyone actually think that that happened? Or can we just admit that his staffers were the ones who were authoring, co-authoring legislation on his behalf while he's like in the mental ward? I mean, that, we're all just told to ignore it. That's not how it works, though. It's the, the senator, it's the legislator, right, that ends up being the one that has to do the work. And if that legislator is not present, then they, their vote doesn't count, or at least they would be, you know, I don't know how that shakes out. I mean, what happens when you have a real health issue like that and you're a senator, right? I mean, does it go by the state? And I imagine, I think it is per state on how they want to deal with that. And I've, I've read a yeah. little bit into it, but, what you know, is he at that point now? Where well, in Kentucky, it has to be considered. In Kentucky, mm -hmm. in Kentucky they, they took steps to make sure that a Democrat wouldn't ever replace him. So they passed a law in Kentucky that says that anytime a senator needs to be replaced by the governor, the governor has to choose a senator from the departing senator's party. So there's a Democrat oh. governor in Kentucky, so he can't choose a Democrat to replace mm -hmm. a Republican. But that is not really all that great because we know a lot of Republicans are practically Democrats anyway. Yeah. But uh, at least there's that safeguard in place. But I don't know. I mean, you, you look at John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, and no one's no one is other than conservatives are calling for his removal. The left is actually saying that it's brave, it's stunning, it's brave how, what he's doing. The man can't talk. He can't talk. And and this isn't making fun of his disability. An essential part of his responsibility to represent his constituents is being able to talk to and talk on behalf of his constituents. If he can't communicate with them and on behalf of them effectively, he isn't the man for the job. And it's unfortunate that his health, that his health has deteriorated this much. But we have that clip. I think we've played it before, but it's, it's, it's important to play it again. When they had that big collapse on I-95, the highway near, uh, near Philadelphia, mm -hmm. they, they threw it to him during the transportation committee because that's what you do when there's something going on in their state. They throw it to that center so he can get a sound bite. And this is the sound bite that came out of it. 95, you know, um, you know, obviously, the, you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with the with 95. And I know I certainly am, too. And we know it's a major uh, eatery, not just for, for Pennsylvania, but for the East, the East Coast. And the eatery. eatery. So, so two bits here. The 95, 95, 95, people who have this kind of mental decline, who have this, who have had a stroke, oftentimes what ends up happening is almost like a record skipping, where they say a word and they just get stuck on the word. Um, so you hear him saying 95, 95, 95. It really is like a record skip. And then you hear him say eatery. The word he's looking for is artery, uh -huh. right? Which it's fair. I mean, it's close. But that's also what happens a lot of times with stroke victims. Yeah. If you think of, if you think of it as um, when you're when you're reaching for a word and you, and you, and you have a, a whole bookshelf with all different files on it for the words, your brain is your brain reaches for artery, but misses it just a little bit and grabs eatery. That's yeah. what happens there. And it, it's sad. It, it's unavoidable when you have when you're a stroke victim like this. But you don't really want to. Make, it, it's funny because he just called a highway, a restaurant. But at the same time, you have to think that the people of Pennsylvania would much rather prefer someone who could effectively communicate their needs, their wishes, their desires, than someone who, through no fault of his own, just called the busiest highway in the country a restaurant. Communicating is, an, is not just an essential part of being a, a politician. It's the only part I don't know how one could effectively govern anything without being able to communicate, Max. I mean, it's this is you just there's no there's no sort of translator for this. It's not like you know this person is mute and they're they're writing something out and someone's 
writing it down or sig signing for the deaf. You know, there's there's nothing like that that can connect him to the people. So I mean, there's no effective way to make any decision, right? I, even for his own health or his own finances. I mean, maybe that stuff still can happen. Again, I'm not a doctor, but how do you expect yeah. him to do that for a, um, a city, uh, county somewhere or state overall? I mean, it. Well, I don't know how he, he translates. Apparently, he can read. He can read really well. Okay, so that's why he wanted teleprompters to to basically uh, transcribe the speech during the debates into and written words so he could read it. Yeah. So apparently, he can read really well. But when he was in the hospital, in the mental ward, on what I assume to be suicide watch, because he went in there with suicidal tendencies, um, his press mm -hmm. office was releasing long form press releases. Like, you know, Josh, when people Who's are doing it? in these in these hospitals under suicide watch, they aren't giving their phones. They're not giving their laptops. Oh, no. um, they're not allowed to communicate with the outside world. No. And here we have long form five paragraph press releases coming out of his office, him co-sponsoring major pieces of legislation while he's on suicide watch or apparently under the knife for plastic surgery, um, it, it's not happening, which the office is still communicating, right? The mm -hmm. office is still representing the constituents. But the sure. issue is that the people that he hired weren't elected, elected. by the people, mm -hmm. right? Just because they think they know what's best doesn't mean that they are entitled to make those decisions on the, on the constituents' behalf. So uh, we, see it with, uh, we see it with the presidency. Too. Mm -hmm. I mean, Joe Biden was on the beach in Rehoboth, Delaware, and they asked him about the fires in Maui. And he said no comment. No comment. No comment. He said no comment. What do you what do you make of that, Josh? Oh my gosh. Uh he had no clue what was going on, first off, because he can't actually make a comment. And I'm also was suspicious that did anybody in his cabinet inform him there was something going on in Maui? And if not, how would they be able to react to what's going on in Maui if, or Lahaina, I'm sorry, in Lahaina, if he doesn't know what's going on? He, he, if somebody explained it to him, he didn't remember it. If, or somebody didn't tell him the details. And if people aren't, if his cabinet's not telling him the details, how can he act as president? So who's in charge of the That's United possible. States? Right? I, because I, I don't he think had, he had mentioned it before. So okay. I think he knew something was going along. I think this this fits into the the trend we've seen when he's at press conferences, right? And he says he's going to get in trouble if he asks an ex, if he answers an yeah. extra question, or he's going to get in trouble if he goes off script. I think he's not allowed to have a comment unless he comments what his staff tells him to comment. Right, because he's probably incapable of creating a comment yeah. that's not like to him may seem normal, yeah. but is way way off. Well, I, I think it could be both, right? I think it could be in that moment he literally didn't know what they were talking about. But I also think that he's been instructed to not answer. If, if anything sounds like a question he's not prepared for, to say no comment. No comment. And, and the problem with this is you can't be president and have no comment on the worst natural disaster in American history. You can't, you can't have no comment, right? You have to have a comment, even if it's just like, we're doing everything we can. Our hearts and and, and prayer, prayers, our thoughts and prayers are with all yeah. the victims and their families. And we promise we're going to rebuild it bigger, stronger, better than ever before. Right? You can have a canned response like that, but you can't have no comment. And it makes me wonder if he isn't allowed to comment, who is the one who's allowed to comment? If the president can't comment, yeah. who can? And obviously, there's someone under him who's actually over him, which kind of brings us to the the theme of this, mm -hmm. the title is the deep state's puppets. I don't know who's the puppeteer, but it's very obvious that someone is the puppeteer because we have so many. I mean, we've known that there's puppets, right? I mean, news just broke a, a little while ago that Barack Obama was writing letters to friends saying that he was fantasizing about having sex with men. Mm -hmm. um, did you see that come out? Oh, yeah, yeah. The biographer. <laughs> and you can say it's a joke, but if someone actually writes it, ink to paper, folds it, puts it in an envelope, walks to the post office and puts a stamp, pays for a stamp to send that message to someone. That's a little bit more than a joke. And yeah. there, was a, there was an interview that Tucker Carlson was giving. I, I, I forget who it was with.
But he said that that story was originally shopped around Washington, D.C. And the, uh, the Obama campaign at the time told every major branch, every, every major uh, news agency, that if they dared cover that story, that they would block, not only block that agency, that news uh, outlet from, from interviewing or covering the campaign, but would kick them out of the White House when they eventually won. So all the media outlets just covered it up. Yeah, no buyers. Now, now that's not something that comes down from Obama. Obama, a little skinny kid from, mm-hmm. uh, from Illinois, he doesn't make that threat. That's a, that's a very powerful threat that comes from someone who's very clearly pulling the strings on that campaign. But we see this all over the place. It, it, it's, just, it's just so out, out there now that we have these octogenarian politicians who are in the very obvious twilight of their lives, unable to formulate real sentences, not knowing when or where they are, and yet they're still voting, they're still releasing press releases, they're still co-sponsoring legislation, and it's very clear they're not the ones doing it. So who is? And how often are they doing this kind of work? And how much legislation has been passed based on a bunch of stuff created by people who are never elected into office? So yeah. is there, I mean, is there a deep state? And the answer is, I don't it's, know, but it gets more and more suspicious scary. every time something like this happens, right? And Joe Biden is the president of the United States. Is he calling the shots if a balloon flies from China to Alaska, let's say, hypothetically, right? Would he yeah. be able to make the call to get rid of that? Uh, he, we know that he doesn't. <clears throat> we know he's not interested in that. I, I don't know. I don't know who's in, I don't know who's the puppeteer, but it's very obvious that there are puppeteers. I suspect I have my suspicions. I mean, mm. <laughs> I mean, we've been warned many times. What was it Eisenhower who warned us about the military industrial complex, complex. That, okay. that there that there is this wealthy group of individuals, companies that want to drive the US to war because it is profitable. It is no surprise that the, that that Donald Trump went four years without starting a major war. As soon as he's removed, removed, um, the U.S. is back to in another war. But we're not in a war. We're just giving away our military equipment sure. so that sure. then we can pay these companies to build us more bombs, more more munitions, and more vehicles. Um, so there's obviously you think about that. You think about obviously the big money guys, the the World Economic Forum. You think about these yeah. <laughs> these these puppeteers. Are they the ones pulling the shit? We don't know, but it's very obvious that there are people. And then you look at the DOJ, mm-hmm. right? Because the, what the DOJ is doing is they are literally trying to put Donald Trump in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah, He's the only one of this specific age who is lucid, is able mm-hmm. to say what he means and mean what he says. And there he's the one that they want to throw in prison. Not, not Dianne Feinstein, who mm-hmm. shows up not even knowing what she's, what's going on and votes yes anyway. And you know, Diane Feinstein actually gave her daughter power of attorney. So yep. her, she, mm-hmm. she's declared that she is not physically or mentally able to manage her own affairs. And yet she's managing the affairs of all Californians. That's a joke. Um, the, DOJ, yeah. the, the DOJ wants to throw Trump in prison. He wants to give us more of no comment Biden. Sorry, I'm not allowed to comment on that Biden. Um, and it makes you, it makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. It really makes you wonder. Because anytime you have the G8 summits now, I mean, is that the group that's in like calling shots on the sides? You know, do we have to start looking at some of these these odd groups that uh, presidents happen to be part of that, you know, they, they tend some of the parties and the galas. And they, I mean, are they being influenced by those people to make those decisions? And if are those people making those calls? I mean, Obama stayed in D.C., right? Let's not forget. He's the only president oh, yeah. that that. That got a mansion like just blocks from the White House. And there have been rumors circulating out there that there may be visits to his mansion by people you never know. Yeah. But yeah, is, yeah, he, yeah. is he pulling strings? I mean, is he acting like a puppeteer? He just he just has he doesn't have to say much, you know, just uh, like sending an idea, right? On a piece of paper. Well there was know? there was a lot of reporting in the early days of the Biden um regime. Call it a regime, not gonna call it an yeah. administration early days of the Biden regime, that Obama was actually the one making policy decisions, that Obama and his advisors were the ones who were, who were calling the shots for Biden. 
he was basically giving them an Obama third term. Um, so there was a lot of reporting on that. That all started to get hush hush as yeah. we got as we got further into it. But there was definitely some reporting on that. Before we get too far away from it, I mm. want to play this clip of Diane Feinstein because I, uh, I, we didn't get to play it earlier. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Did you know about this before I showed it to you today? Because we had what? played a couple of the different. Did you know about this clip before I showed it to you earlier? Which one was it? I'm sorry, I'm drawing the blank. The, the uh, Diane Feinstein convinced that she never actually was out. No, no, I had not seen that. That had not made the circuit at all. This one, this one, it was a blip on the radar when it happened, mm -hmm. and then it got covered up. Diane Feinstein, when she first came back, we all saw the pictures, her in a little wheelchair. I think she had like a black eye or something. Um, obviously not well, but a reporter got to her and was asking her, how does it feel to be back in Congress? And her answer, stunning, with a straight face, she said that she never left. And then she started gaslighting the reporter and like making fun of the reporter for not knowing what's what. Oh, I've been here the whole time. Let's uh, let's play it. I think I, I think I queued it up right. Back on Capitol Hill, Senator Dianne Feinstein has insisted she's in good health. But an interaction with two reporters, including Ben Oreskes of the LA Times, is raising doubts. What has the response from your colleagues been like? What have the well wishes? What have you heard? What have I heard about what? About your return. How have they felt about your no, return? No, I haven't been gone. Okay. Um, you should follow them. I haven't been gone. I've been working. You've been working from home is what you're saying? No, I've been here. Um, I've been voting. Please, either know or don't know. As you heard, the senator seemed unaware she'd been absent yeah. for three either months. Know, either know or don't know. No, no. I, like, she's condescendingly making no. fun of him. Like, like as, as if he's the one who's losing his mind. Yeah. Like, I've been here every day for the last right. four months. Either know or don't know. Um, and, and you hear his tone of voice during this exchange where he said you laugh i'm not making fun of her I'm, I'm making fun of the awkward position that this put that democrat reporter in to have to try and massage that interview to make her look a little less crazy yeah and she's like oh no i've been i've been working and he said oh working from home and she says no i've been here the whole time and you just hear him say one word um, um right? like he's going through his head he's going through an ula loop in his head like so how do i how do i navigate this one right and you have to wonder whether he made a facial expression to prompt her to then say seriously either know or don't know yeah um because she, she definitely got a little bit more aggravated after he was very confused about her but this is someone who was absent for three, four-ish months, somewhere around there. Yeah. And she absolutely. earnestly, with a straight face, just said she was never gone and she's been there the whole time. Well, don't worry, she's there to help make legislation. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. I mean, it should be her, right? I mean, no one else would step in and do that for her in California. I'm yeah. Saying that with and, shock and, face. Yeah, shock face, shock Pikachu face. Um, so we see it happening here with these, with these politicians who are very obviously, um, in mental decline, mentally incapacitated. It makes you wonder whether there are able-bodied politicians who are also just doing the will of whoever controls them. If you can control any Senator, then you can control all the senators. If you can, okay. if you can control Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, then you can't tell me that other senators aren't controllable as well, even if they have their full faculties. Mm -hmm. And it makes you question the entire system. And it makes you really wonder who's in charge because the only politician, the only president who's ever been indicted, who they've ever tried to throw in prison for the rest of his life, is the one politician who refused to bow down to those interests, who refused to play the game, who refused to do their bidding, who refused to take all their money, and wanted to go his own way. It isn't just that, oh, Trump's a racist, oh, yada, 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 all the things. That, that, that's just for the, the masses, right? That's just for the, the idiot voters. The real reason that they hate him is that he won't play ball. And yeah. there, there, was a, there was a question in one of those debates, I think it was either a GOP debate or a, uh, a presidential debate, 
where he, Trump admitted, say, I, I know the game. I, I, I know how this works. The politicians get bought and I'm not, I can't be bought. And when he said that, when he admitted that, when he told them that he wasn't going to play ball, you knew it was over. You knew yeah, it was, was over and you knew that they'll never let him become president. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 I think he, he knows the players in the game, right? He, he knows the roster of the people that, that go through and they, they purchase politicians like a, uh, you know, a roster for a baseball game, right? He knows these individuals. So not only does he not play ball with them, I think they take it personally, right? Because there's association there. He knows exactly what they're up to, right? So they're, they're, there's already a, like just a deep-seated hatred inside that deep state that supposedly doesn't exist, even though legislation is being written by people who have no capacity to do so. You know, I think we've laid at least some groundwork saying that there might be something to that. So... Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's my thoughts on it. It's, you know, they're taking it, it personally really, and he knows them. It also really makes you wonder about the voting absentee because mm -hmm. for two years we had congressmen, senators with voting without even showing up so they could vote on legislation without even having to be there and raise their hand. So it makes you wonder how many of those votes were real either. I don't, yeah. I don't like being, I don't like being the cynical. And I think that's really, that's something that, through all of this, through all of 2020 up to now, whether you believe that there was election fraud in 2020, um, personally, I do. Um, whether you believe that it was sufficient to change the results, personally, I do. Um, what is very clear after all of this is there is a significant amount of distrust in the country. And you can't have a republic, you can't have a democratic republic, a representative democracy, whatever you want to call it, as long as the people who are supposed to hold the power don't have trust in the system itself. So what we've seen is just an attempt to denigrate those people. If you have doubts about the 2020 election, instead of trying to assuage those doubts, uh, eliminate those doubts, destroy those doubts, give confidence to people, we've seen them thrown in prison. I mean, Donald Trump is facing charges because he questioned the results. I mean, that's what his Jan 6, Jan 6 trial is. And oh, lo and behold, it's one day before Super Tuesday. That's when he's going to trial. That, that's just purely That's coincidental. really coincidental. <laughs> that must be coincidence, right? It has to. I mean, <laughs> he has seven months to go through 12 million documents. Oh, that's fair. That's completely fair. Right? That's it's it? No big deal. But yeah. like right there, right there. The whole goal is to instill trust in the system. Mm -hmm. The system only exists because we believe in it, right? The American dollar only has value because people accept that it has value. If everyone was to suddenly say that the American dollar was worthless, it would become worthless. You cannot give value to something that people don't recognize. The same is true with our political system. The elections are only as effective and only as true as the people believe in them. If, if, if it's widespread, if there's widespread belief that there was election fraud, the solution is to investigate it, mm -hmm. figure out whether it existed, litigate it, and take steps to make sure it wouldn't ever happen again. Like whether or not you actually believe that there was election fraud, it's very obvious that we need to have more secure elections. It's very obvious that there is a significant problem with electronic voting. Mm -hmm. And it's not just Republicans who said it. Democrats said it four year, uh, eight years ago, right? So both parties say it every every four years, but it never actually gets fixed. So you don't have, whether there was fraud or not, at least fix the problems, right? At least fix the vulnerabilities in mail-in voting and absentee voting. Um, at least do something. But no, what we're seeing instead of trying to reinstill that trust in the system itself. We've seen anyone who dares question its legitimacy denigrated, declared a threat to democracy itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what Biden's now saying. He used mm -hmm. to say that we had to unite, but his latest comments are that anyone who anyone who distrusts the election is a threat to democracy. And how how do you live in a society like that, Josh? You don't because let me say a few things. First off, you only use that dollar because it has value and you want to keep it. If your vote no longer has any value. Why would you want to keep it? And that would be 
one of the reasons people would want some sort of revolution, which I'm not telling people to go do, but you know, it's how the country got started in the first place. Second, January 6th and all these prosecutions coming for it. I mean, they, they told us over and over and over, this is the safest, most secure election we've ever had. Don't question it. And if you do, we're going to use fear to come after all of you. And you know, you're seeing it with, um, they, they don't want people to revolt because they're trying to show that we're going to throw the full weight of the government after you. And we're going to, yeah. we're going to litigate you to death. And we're going to use this fear that, you, you shouldn't do it because you know the crap's going to come down on you if you do try to come after us, right? I mean, this is this is all of the, the ingredients for a totalitarian takeover by a group who's running the world behind the scenes with their politicians, and politicians don't have value and aren't doing what we're asking them to do. Why do we need them? We need yeah. somebody in no, there that, that will do the job, right? I'm going to try and download a video because... Okay. Tucker Carlson gave an interview where um, he had mentioned this during his interview with Trump. And his question was, if, if first, first they started by protesting you, then they called you all these names, hmm. then they tried to impeach you, then they tried to impeach you again. Now they've indicted you, they indicted you again, they indicted you again, and they indicted you again. If that doesn't work, logically, the next step would be to assassinate you. Mm -hmm. And he asked Trump whether he fears it, and, and Trump kind of sidestepped it a little bit. Uh, understandably, you don't really want to talk about these powers that be trying to kill yeah. you. Um, but it, it's 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 shocking. And I protested them. Uh, oh, let me let me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll put here. Here we go. Here's here's uh, a. Yeah. Wait. Let's Carlson talked about. It. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They fabricated a lot about what happened on January 6th in order to impeach him again. It didn't work. He came back, then they indicted him. It didn't work. He became more popular. Then they indicted him three more times and every single time his popularity rose. So if you begin with criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment, now you go to indictment and none of them work, what's next? I mean, let, you know, graph it out, man. We're speeding toward assassination, obviously. And no one will say that, but I don't I don't know how you can't reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, they have decided, permanent Washington, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's, that's so threatening to them, they just can't have him. Uh -huh. You know. So, he kind of answered the question. Yeah. Who is that? Exactly. Who is that? Because, I mean, we've seen what happened to RFK Jr. Um, when he even tried mm. talking about JFK's assassination, YouTube just completely took it down. Like, YouTube is full, YouTube is full of JFK assassination conspiracy theories. Oh, like, yeah. Watch videos about that. That's never been unacceptable. But now that you have a JFK family member coming out and saying, oh, no, they, the CIA did it. All of a sudden, that is just that's just too much. But it's the they, and you hear how he says the leadership in both parties recognize that the they he's talking about is this guy. This is the they. Mitch McConnell is the one who sat through not one, but two impeachments and actually egged it on. He is, he is one of the leaders who didn't want Trump to run. When they had that Access Hollywood, it was him it was Paul Ryan. They wanted Trump to back down and just let Hillary Clinton walk in. It's just better for the country to let Hillary Clinton waltz and make room for someone else to lose. And, and you wonder, was it him? Like all this time, I, I, I feel like I feel angry because all this time I've directed so much frustration and anger at Mitch McConnell for not holding the line of being the conservative that he campaigned on and promised to be. Now I'm wondering whether it was ever him, mm -hmm. right? Was it ever Mitch McConnell or was he just doing what his, what the puppeteers demand? Um, and mm -hmm. you know, he's doing that now. He's still voting on legislation. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was him. That was him at, uh, where was he at? What, what was that? What was on the, uh, um, what am I talking about? What? the video? Let me, let me see if I can, uh, 
It was at his home the Chamber state, of Commerce. Commerce, yeah. Chamber of Commerce. I mean, that's another. I don't think the Chamber of Commerce is going to assassinate Trump, but Chamber of Commerce is a very powerful, influence organization. Oh he's yeah. He's giving speeches. Like they know he is in no capacity to give a speech before the Chamber of Commerce. Why is he doing this? Why? Uh, and that seems more to the benefit of the Chamber of Commerce to say that they had him there than it is to him. Absolutely. Right. <clears throat> Can they donate? I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, as a chamber of commerce, I mean, they might be able to donate to a campaign, you know, maybe throw a couple grand here and there, and maybe I get a little visit. Everybody gets a wonderful soundbite made for TV moments. I mean, is that, is that what's really going on? Is that what our politicians become is just puppets for, I, I, Tucker Carlson said it best. I haven't heard anybody else say it. And he goes, uh, permanent Washington. Yeah. What's permanent Washington? Like, uh, does he have an idea and he's not saying anything because he worries about, his life do which you may want to and then he's right though also because last last step is to go and assassinate the person that you're trying to vilify the most and yeah how many times have we seen people who have been outside of the norm in this country get assassinated martin luther king jr right he comes to mind yeah uh bobby kennedy right he comes come yeah. on jfk he comes to mind abraham lincoln i know it's it's probably further back but he, he that's the kind of company one keeps if you get assassinated and it's not bad company. The only problem is, is that you've been assassinated. Right. And that just shows you that they go after the, I want to say not movers and shakers, but those who actually believe in what we created we as, talk our about the mover. company, as our government. Want to, talk about right? the want to talk about the movers and shakers, Malcolm X. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Him too. Everything he stands for. I disagree with it, right? Yep. There's nothing he stands for that I agree with in any way, shape, or form. But you can see where he's coming from and how he represented a threat to that. the establishment, to permanent Washington. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of writings available at the time of the power brokers much rather preferring uh, Martin Luther King Jr. to Malcolm X because he was one of the peaceful african-americans mm -hmm. like they'd much rather have peaceful african-americans marching than the militant african-americans marching so it, it isn't always just even politicians it's just look at look at andrew breitbart yeah does breitbart. anyone actually believe that andrew breitbart just had a heart attack and died i mean mm -hmm. i i've always believed that they killed him i i, I really do and, <laughs> and 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 i hate the cynicism but i i hate the skepticism i wish we could have trust in our government um, I, I really wish we could, but we can't. And at every step of the way, the politicians in power who have the ability to restore that trust and have a sacred duty to restore that trust are choosing just to vilify anyone who dares to disagree with them. And, and it's a vicious cycle. And unfortunately, it's starting to spin out of control. And I don't know where it ends, but we've had talks about this, Josh, where it probably mm -hmm. doesn't end peacefully. Um, I mean, we, we, we've talked for hours about how we don't want it to go sideways, but I mean, what happens when you're left with no other choice? And I'm not saying that th this is what we want to do, but it's our responsibility to do it. I mean, that's the founding fathers told us that, you know, when, when the shackles of corrupt government are put on you, it is time to free yourself from those shackles and replace it with a government that works for you again. And yeah. I can't remember the last time my government was working for me. I mean, I, Second Amendment, if I carry a gun or do something wrong with a gun I, the wrong way, I become a felon and I lose all my rights, right? You know, if I yeah. go and I speak out on the Capitol and I go, if I was there at January 6th, I'd be held in a permanent prison for political prisoners, you know? It, the system's just not working for us and everybody says it, but it's really hard to expose permanent Washington. You don't know who they are. It's a large group. It's probably a large group of people. It's probably not one individual, but... I mean, it's Max. We don't have representative representative republic anymore. We've got an aristocracy that's just that thinks yeah. that they're ruling over us, right? This is a a group of people who consider themselves some sort of royalty, right? And it's their their responsibility to take over this stuff. And an aristocracy, I mean, that's the best word I can think of for it now. I mean, they they think yeah. themselves above us, right? As our rulers. And yeah, no, we're there. We're there. It is healthy for the government to fear the people. It, there, yes. it is healthy to have a little bit of fear. When was the last time 
that you that you think the government actually feared the people? Post World Other War. than January sixth, because obviously that scared the hell out of them. Yeah, that scared uh, them. I mean that. But but before, before that. January sixth. Oh gosh, I mean you, you could always stop. Say again. Tea party, maybe. Even then, there wasn't. They didn't really go too hard. I mean, I think the last time it was, they really truly had a fear of the people was post World War II, right? Because you had a group of the people bonus, that the bonus army. Yeah, I mean that would uh, that, that was the genuine fear because those people knew how to wage war, right? And they had the means, and they had a whole generation that was super pro American at that time, right? I mean, all of the feelings of. Uh, patriotism after that. I think that was really the last time they got they got freaked out during the counterculture of the '60s. Uh, but they absorbed that. They didn't try to push against it because it served them too well. They, so, they, have you ever played board games, Max? I love board yeah. games; they're a lot of fun. Did you ever play the one called Illuminati, the board game, the card game? No. An no, unbelievably fun game. And what I think it does is it. You use parts of the, in the layman's terms, parts of the society as you know it to make plays against each other, right? So one of my favorite things to do is to be able to take in the play to try to take over the world is you would use a card that was the, uh, like the, the, the media, right? And then through the media, through the wing, you would use this other group to try to make influence happen. And I think this game had its, its fingers on how this thing works out because whoever this deep Washington state is, He's using these little bits and pieces of our society and of our, our our culture and our politics to just wage a war with us, right? In this game to try to take over the whatever that may be, like whatever that end game in game may be. I don't know. It, it's a cool game. If you ever get a chance to play it, yeah. it's a blast. But it's eerie how accurate it can be. I'll it's like it super eerie, right? And the and like. Those groups who love to hide their esoteric stuff in plain sight, they love it. They get off on it, right? They want you to know that they're doing something, but they will love to be able to hide behind it. And that, so that's what we we're seeing. We're seeing something. a game being played, right? Yeah. Bonus Army. Yeah. So the, bo the Bonus Army. Bonus Army was in between World War One, World War Two. World War One veterans waiting for their bonuses for mm -hmm. serving. This happened in the 1930s. You had tens of thousands of veterans showing up at the Capitol. You want to talk about insurrection? This is like they were. Many of them were very, very peaceful, but you wouldn't yeah. know that by by looking at the government's response. Because do you remember, Josh, what they did to that bonus army? They had them removed, didn't they? What? I'm trying to remember now. They I'm going sent, back to my U.S. Sent tanks in. That's they right. Sent That's the true tanks did. in, and they used flamethrowers to burn their encampments. And they arrested a bunch of them and drove them out of Washington, D.C. Um, so could that, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the last time that the, the government really feared the people. People, yeah. I mean, you, you're looking at, at examples in history like this, but then it just goes right back to corruption, right? Yeah. Who's and so if, if the government isn't fearing the people, who are they fearing? I feel like we're getting into this constant circular argument, like yeah. who are the puppeteers? Because it's obvious that they yeah. fear someone, right? They, they have to fear someone. They aren't all powerful. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't all be falling from grace as often as they do. Yeah. They don't uh, fear the people. And yet they, the people elect them. But do we elect them? I mean, it's just, well, it's so frustrating. They don't fear the media. They don't fear us when it comes to our vote because I feel like the last one, you and I were sitting there watching the, the last election live and it just suddenly flipped. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to explain like, 100%. Oh, a pipe votes. burst. A pipe burst. Now we're going to lose Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And it, like there's stuff that happened that was statistically impossible happening at those moments, right? And we're, we're watching it play out and there's, there's nothing we could do about it at that moment, yeah. right? There, there was nothing we could do. What, like, like, how do you even begin to respond? They, they built a thing that's so big and so bloated and so gross that it's it's like, you know, that immovable, you know, a, an immovable object meets, a, you know, an object that can't be stopped. It's, yeah, that, that's what they've created, right? Yeah. And just keep going and going and going. And eventually that's gonna, 
there has to be a clash and a collision. And I, I hope that doesn't take they doesn't come but if it does you know i want my children oh, it, to it's, free gonna, if I it's gonna come it's gonna come I, i've been watching a lot of uh TikTok videos from liberals i i have been too sick to respond to them but i've been saving yeah. them in my folders to respond to them once i get a little bit better and they're all now saying the quiet part out loud right they're all they've all become comfortable enough to think that they're going to hold power for a long time that they're now talking about actually truly banning certain weapons, disarming the American people. Whereas before, when they talked about AR-15 or assault weapon bans, they were talking about, oh, we'll ban the new production, we'll ban the transfer, but you can keep owning them, right? Now they're unapologetically talking about not only um, taking away guns, but you have Gavin Newsom trying to get the legislature to initiate a constitutional um, convention to amend the Second Amendment. Uh -huh. I mean, that's happening in California right now. I don't think that that'll ever happen. Right. Um, I don't think they'll ever get enough states for that to happen. But they're openly talking about it now. And I, I hate comparing this. To, I, I hate comparing this to like Nazi Germany because the minute yeah. you start comparing something to the Nazis, it just feels it's, it's, it's a logical fallacy, right? Reductio yeah. ad Hitlerum. Everything goes back to Hitler. But when you look at all of the despots and the dictators throughout history, they followed very similar playbooks. You bet. And once you seize power, you make sure that you can never lose it. Uh -huh. And you demonize the opposition, you throw them in prison, you, you create fake crimes to make it look like they did something horrible, and then you go after their supporters, you disarm them, you throw them in prison, and you make it so that they can never take back the government ever again. The government doesn't fear us, but obviously they still do a little bit. Otherwise, they wouldn't be coming after our, our, our Second Amendment, after our guns. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I see this playing out in slow motion, and it feels like no one's seeing it for what it is, that we're all just living our lives, just just running the rat race, right, mm -hmm. going yep. nine to five, just put, putting our blinders on, whereas behind the scenes, our rights – this the constitution are under such attack that if this doesn't stop, I mean, Ronald Reagan famously said that, that your rights are never more than a generation away from extinction. Mm -hmm. That timeline has, has shortened tremendously. Yeah. We're talking, I mean, I'd say our, our rights are never more than a couple of votes away from extinction at this point. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about that in ad nauseum before. This is only, it's time to start like marching in the streets then. I mean, if that's what people really want. Well, then they throw you in prison. I know. Then they throw you in prison. Maybe we just stop paying our taxes, then they'll throw you in prison. Not, huh? change your name to Hunter Biden first though. Change your name first. Oh, oh. Because <laughs> then you can get away with it. <laughs> right, then you can smoke crack and go fill out a, yeah. <laughs> a form <laughs> by yourself again. But it, it's going to have to, and it has to happen in big numbers. I mean, you you have there you have to come together as a large group man i mean there there's the easiest way to destroy any culture is to factionalize it and we are factionalized yeah. to the point of hilarity it's stupid how factionalized we've become none of us are allowed to believe in anything right yeah. unless you're on the left then you, you you have to follow the playbook but that's what they want if you if you don't believe in it they don't want you to believe in it you shouldn't believe in it and so that's why I say don't give up the rights to your firearms. I mean, what do you think it was the Second Amendment? You you have the right to say what you want, and you have the right to protect it and your stuff. Yeah. And you. That's why it was so important. Yeah. And the, the really scary thing is that you're hearing Democrats, liberals saying, "When is enough going to be enough? When are we just going to take all their guns away?" Right. That's what a lot of these Democrats are saying now. I'm hearing from conservatives saying, when is enough going to be enough? When are we going to stop letting them come for our guns and just use the guns? Yeah. And those are scary conversations to have. You bet. Right? But you, you talk to some people, and they're like, well, I'm, I'm burying guns in my backyard just in case. Listen, if you've gotten to the point where you're hiding your guns, logically, it's time to use the guns. I mean, it's just but – but no one wants to be the first person, right? Nope. The first person out, out – the first person to, to launch a revolution is just going to get killed. Right. It's the first person dead. Usually. I, don't, 
I don't want this. Like, I have two sons. I have a, a wife who I love. I have a ha happy life. I don't want to do this. Yeah. But you, you feel like you're just being, you're just being just like pressed like a boa constrictor. Every time you, every time you, you exhale, it just squeezes a little bit tighter. Mm -hmm. And you just wonder when's it going to give? And you look around and the president of the United States, who's running for reelection, they're going to throw him in prison. Even if he beats 99% of the charges, they're still going to get one charge. Sure. You know, that, that's why they threw the book at him. I mean, he's, he, they're trying to throw him in prison. The Senate minority leader is literally having mini strokes live on camera. Where's the recourse? And if you dare, if you dare petition the government for, uh, for, uh, to address your grievances, you're indicted. I mean, mm -hmm. It feels very hopeless right now, and and my message has always been that like keep fighting, don't let mm. it get to you. But it, it feels yeah. very hopeless because everyone's just going on as if it's just another day. Oh, uh, this is completely normal. There's nothing about this that is normal. I'll give you the final word. Don't look for a hero. Start being the hero, especially when it comes to protecting your rights and the government. That yeah has been given yeah. to you. I mean, it. there's a point where you have to decide, are you going to live free? Are you going to live under the thumb of some oppressive government that is faceless and nameless who uses all of your politicians against you? When are you gonna, what are you gonna do? Did I lose you, Max? That's too bad, because that was a really good episode. And I enjoyed having everyone out there. Gang, don't forget to visit all of our socials. It looks like I've lost Max for it, so I'm just going to end up wrapping this one up here. It's been having a... I always love having you guys for the show. With that here shortly, and we appreciate you listening. So, remember, the Republic is yours. Keep it. Make sure that you, you hold on to it with every single ounce of your body because it was given to you by God or some, something higher. Men do not give you rights. God gives you rights. So I'm Josh. For the Right Guys broadcast, Max is experiencing some weather. So we'll see you guys next time.